Hey, this is Max Fitzpatrick from the Max and Tony Show, and my dad has some words on Charlottesville. First of all, back in November, reality shifted in a tidal way. The new normal consisted of a 70-year-old petulant nitwit, somehow convincing a culture of frightened white working class and working poor that all of their misery was someone else's fault. With the help of a foreign entity, he gutted out an election against a weak Democratic candidate. The American people voted with their middle finger. They were so infuriated at the man of color who had held the highest office in the land before Trump that they voted for the most polar opposite they could find. For eight years, they seethed and tea-partied themselves into a lather, waiting for the moment when they could shred the Constitution and bare their teeth at all those smart people. Yeah, we'll show them. Now they fear losing their health care ever more entombing poverty and grinding despair. We've elected Baby Huey, a man who would have to get smarter to be considered feeble-minded. A tragedy brought to you by CNN, Fox News, and the appalling apathy of the American body politic. Never has a culture so egregiously willed itself into moral blindness. It is astonishing that as the impeachable offenses stack up, Donald Trump spews ever more lies, prevarications, and paranoid fantasies. And now he has the temerity to act as an apologist for Nazis. That's right, in the year 2017, on American streets in Charlottesville over this weekend, Nazis marched and took the life of a young woman protester. Remember the people who helped Donald Trump get elected. Remember that they're traitors, because what they are trafficking in now, by still supporting him, is nothing short of treason. Well said. Uh, never in my life did I think white supremacy would come back into a mainstream political voice. You know, I thought, you know, neo-Nazis were in dark corners of society or in independent movies from the 90s yeah but uh you know and i also thought you can identify these guys like movie villains you know shaved head swastika tatted on the forehead but no these modern day neo-nazis they're wearing polos cargo shorts and they're sporting their prestigious state school that apparently educates them supposedly and they're carrying around citronella tiki torches from Ikea. So you want to be an owl, but to take it from me. Sliving on the highway ain't ever thing supposed to be. Everybody reckons that they want to be free. Nobody wants to be alone Stumbling in the alley at a quarter to three Hollering for Sally, honey, what you trying to do to me? Told me go to hell, I'm going back to Tennessee I said, Angel, you can never go home Never go home Never go home If you want to be an outlaw, you can never go home It's unfathomable 
take those tiki torches and burn your polos in 2017, folks. Don't worry, Max. I have gotten the message. I have burned all my polo shirts. <laughs> take all those IZODs. You know, get I get them out of here. The, the shame of it is, is that they're usually the only shirts that fit big fat guys. You know. Oh. <laughs> so I have a huge supply of them. Yeah. And well, uh, now I can never wear them again. Yeah. I mean, after just this weekend. But I mean, it's it uh, it, it hurt me. It absolutely. I find it appalling that this young woman, Heather Hare. Heather Hare, yes. Yeah. Was murdered by a white terrorist who goes by the name of James Alex Fields. Don't forget that he is a white terrorist. Yeah, this is this was an act of terrorism. And uh, I'm glad that the Department of Justice is investigating as a terrorist act. Yeah, unlike Donald Trump, who hasn't sincerely denounced this wave of hatred and racism that this group has been riding on. No, he, he almost, you know, he had a chance to get it right. He could have come out immediately and said, denounced it with all of the weight of the federal government, you know, that this is absolutely un-American, and we will not have it, and they're murdering goddamn scum. And he had the chance to say the right thing, and he decided to play both sides for the sake of pleasing, you know, the people that had him elected well, in the his first base, place. You know, the alt-right yeah. uh, neo-Nazis. Those are his people, and now we know it. Oh, man, it's, it's just weird. You know, he's saying, he said yesterday there were good people on both sides. Oh, yeah. Which ones? The good Nazis. <laughs> the good Nazis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't forget the good Nazis. Oh, man. They don't exist. It's appalling. I mean, I, I tend to think of his dodging this yesterday as, as an impeachable offense in and of itself. Also, today, you know, the Corporation Council yeah. has been dissolved by Trump. He's yeah. taking his ball and going home. Because seven or eight of those CEOs decided we, we will not be accompanied to this moral blindness. Yeah. And Campbell's soup bailed today, and that was the last one he disbanded the whole thing. So I'm thinking maybe they could send a can of cream of kiss my ass up to the White House. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. But, I'll, I mean, did you ever think, uh, I mean, you know, coming up, I thought Nazis were something you saw in uh, Indiana Jones movies or World War II movies. Or the stories that, you know, my uncle and my father told me from men who fought World War II. Or Edward Norton and Edward Furlong, you know. That, that yeah, was it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, all of a sudden, 2017. They're real. The, yeah, they are real. And they go to our schools. They teach, you and know, the youth. And they are armed the to youth. the goddamn teeth. That's scary. Did you Did see you the s- thing on The Vice? militia coming yeah. out with their garbage can shields and their shotguns and machine guns, and you're like, this is scary. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't have anything to protect myself with. Not that no. I want anything. I don't believe in... I got a really fancy Italian gun. switchblade, but I'm afraid to take it outside because if I get searched, they'll like jug me for it. Yeah, they'll you know? measure it and they'll be like, it's a yeah. half inch over. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine Rom's guys? You know, it's like, hey, we caught them with a switchblade. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, it's unfathomable to me that these armies have been being built up. I mean, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center says something like, there are over, you know, 900 hate groups active in America today. Jesus. Why? Uh, yeah. What are you mad about? I mean, uh, 
Well, uh, you know, once again, uh, Trump is uh, trying to blame Obama, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, everything's Obama's fault to this guy. Well, I mean, he seems to be the perfect scapegoat because his people respond like, yeah, Obama. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's he is always made that dog whistle racist comment uh, that all of those people heard. David Duke, the rest of them. I mean, David Duke sent on a tweet yesterday. Uh, yeah, okay, that's the Donald Trump we know and love. The guy yeah, who's, you know, that was horrible. Hedging his bet. Uh, and you know, he's yet to fully denounce David Duke. Yeah, that's absolutely. Really messed up. Well, you know, the thing is, is that at least now, I mean, I'm hoping people who who voted for Trump realize this is your guy. These are his people, and I'm willing to forgive all of them for voting for Donald Trump if they would just back off and just say we made a mistake. We were wrong. Yeah. Sure. Precisely. I mean, they still voted for him, though, so fuck you. Yeah, but at least they voted, you know? <laughs> okay, um, so— I mean, w- the people I wouldn't want to say fuck you to are the people who stayed home. Sure. The 50% Definitely. of the American body Definitely. politic that didn't bother to show up yeah. to fucking vote. That was not cool. Freedom demands participation. Remember that. Yeah. The only way to safeguard it is to participate in it. No doubt. What's even worse— I think about all this is like the North Korea stuff is still going on. And yeah, who'd have thought that'd yeah. be the second worst story this now week? Now we're deciding: what, do I do I am I going to get drafted in in uh, World War Three or the Civil War Part Two? What's it going to be? That's kind of that's the scary kind of paradigm that's happening right now. Yeah, that's and it's a possible reality. Well, it he's seems also like turning us against each other, you know, and and definitely. And I believe me, I am one of these guys who takes the bite, uh, the bait, and fights on Facebook. I mean, I, I'm part of the problem, you know, um, because when the Trump guys start trying to be uh, making a, be apologists for Trump and say, well, you know, let, let's have a, a elevated conversation here. It's like, hey, asshole, you voted for Trump. There is no elevated conversation with you. You know, you decided to drag the American electoral process through the fucking sewer, and now you want to take the high road. I'm sorry. Yeah. My bike doesn't ride on both of those roads. Yeah. And I really hated, I just really disliked the people who voted for Trump and had this idea like, yeah, he's really going to turn the political system over its head. It's like, no, he's not. No. Look at him not doing anything. Exactly. Look at him getting Nothing. rejected. All of his ideas are getting All of his legislation. Denied. It's like- He's a joke. All how it's many? It's like a four foot guy trying to dunk on on uh, Patrick Ewing. <laughs> I swear to God, someone I mean? leaves him once a day. Someone, someone's like, I can't do this anymore. Someone yeah. pulls out once a day. It's crazy. Did you see Scaramucci on Colbert? No. He had the temerity to show up on Colbert, and you know he's huh. everybody's creepy as you think he is. But even he is like relieved to not be in the Trump White House. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. I you didn't know. see that. I should. I should have. Uh, it was you know, and I think Colbert could have handled the interview a little better. You know, um, but uh, I, Jimmy Kimmel last night was great. I, I love mean, Kimmel. He was Kimmel's our, my favorite. He was really funny. Yeah, he's like you know, if I mention all the bad shit that Trump did, the list is longer than the menu at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> That's the greatest line I've ever heard. You know. I mean, he's. I'm becoming a Kimmel guy. I used to watch Colbert out of uh, loyalty just because I love The Daily Show so much. Yeah. 
But I got to tell you, Jimmy Kimmel and his writers, they're as good as it gets. I think he's at the top right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, but you know, I'm speaking from a perspective. I don't watch many talk shows, man. I'm a podcast guy, so. Yeah, I know. know. I know. But, you know, I'm an old guy. So of course. Of course. My, uh, I used to watch, you know, David Letterman. I used to watch. Carson. Yeah, I watched Carson because Rodney Dangerfield was on all the time, and Carson always had the best comics. In yeah, the world, yeah, you know, um, yeah. I we okay, we should should move on from the depressing. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know what? Let's take let's take a musical break. We yeah. have a we have a pal, uh, a Texas songwriter, who's phenomenal. Uh, a lovely guy named James Vivez. I don't know what it is, Max, about the water in Texas. Mm-hmm. But there must be something that just makes songwriters. Look at the list just on one hand. Steve Earle, Terry Allen, Lyle Lovett, Joe Ely, Guy Clark. I I can go on and on. Butch Hancock, um, Rosie Flores, Lucinda Williams. A lot of great athletes, too, man. There is something. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. You know, I mean, there's just something. uh, And James Vivez, you know, Traffics in that same company. Uh, There's a song by him that I absolutely love called Hand and Knee. Right on. Rivers wind with time, valley stars shine bright. I'm chasing dreams through a dashboard light. Granddad told me some. Don't you dare give up Dance to the beat of your own drum Keep singing and then I'll sing along It's a million miles on hand and knee You might bleed a while to cut your teeth But better not lose faith Better believe it's a million miles Coming out of the break here, that was our friend James Vivez, uh, hand and knee. Uh, you can you can hear the whole song on the link on our on our website, and uh, you're gonna hear a lot more from that guy. He's phenomenal. Also, we got a shout out to our man in the booth, Chris Bat, who's our producer and who puts this together. And without him, we're just two assholes talking in a Seriously. building on Grand Avenue. Thank you, you know? Chris. You're welcome. Yeah, hey, Bless thanks, buddy. Chris. Love being here. Love having you guys at the studio. What's happening to your Royals, by the way? Uh, I think they're doing all right. Yeah? They're, what, one game out of uh, uh, the wild card right now? Yeah. And uh, they usually, you know, they... they, they Not as dominating as they were in the last two years, though. This is true. Yeah. Guys get old. The team's not, you know, same guys aren't there. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I honestly think it's either going to be the Astros or the Dodgers. What do you think? Well, Dodgers, I mean, I think that's Oh, yeah, nobody, nobody's going to beat them this year. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm very happy the Cubs won a World Series. I just wish they'd just all kind of shut the fuck up about it, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> here in Chicago sports, our beloved Chicago Bulls are not looking good for this upcoming season. I don't want to talk about it. You won't let we'll me bring on. up, you will not let me bring up Hoiberg, will you? I don't like Fred Hoiberg. We don't have to talk. We don't have to get any more than that, man. But, I don't. I don't but have you to. have that thing, that mercy rule of let him have three years. No, I I said third third time's a charm. Let's give him the third year. 
<laughs> let's give him this young <laughs> roster that everyone says he needs to succeed with. Sonny, um, I say we Ned Stark his ass right now. <laughs> you know, I would love to find somebody else. You see me smiling, right? Yeah. His okay. coaching style is not transitioning to the NBA. It's not. No, good. I mean he's a college player. And he's not know how to. He's a college coach. He doesn't really know how to work the clock. He know? also can't talk to NBA talent. No, no, the bald guy. Who's the bald guy? The assistant, Jim Boylan. He's the one who talks to everybody. Make that guy the coach. Yeah, I agree. And he's also been on Spurs championship teams. He was on the back-to-back Rockets team. I with, like him. Uh, you remember the game we went to? Jimmy and and back then they still had Derrick Rose. They were all talking to him. Yeah. And nobody was talking to Fred. It's like Fred, what are you 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 know? Well, you Fred is known here? for being a, a, a quote unquote players coach and uh, you know, he oh he he can really get along with the players and, and really gauge how they Max, are. Max, the game we went to, we didn't see him say jack shit. He was to a nervous wreck like he always is. And I don't want to say anything more, man. I'm gonna give him another chance. I'm gonna give him that third try he deserves. Or doesn't deserve, but whatever. Well, okay, let's move Gandhi. on. Okay, let's Mr. Move, Gandhi. Let's move on to the Chicago White Sox. Actually, let's not. Let's let's uh, let's move on man. from them. You know what? We saw them. Uh, they played the Royals the other day, and Melky was punishing the White Sox. Yeah, he's got traded though. Yeah, now. yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, he's got traded to the Royals. We and we were talking about. We were like, this guy's so great. <laughs> I'm thinking somewhere I hear Chris Bat like laughing. Oh, yeah, they just. I'm smiling big. You just can't <laughs> yeah. um, Do we talk about the Chicago Cubs? They're kind of whatever. Uh, I guess John Lackey is playing well or something. Good. Yeah, for him. he's won like five games. I like him. He. Uh, uh, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about him. I like psycho pitchers. I like yeah. Mark Pryor. Yeah. You know, I, I like I like psycho uh, off the hinge players in any sport. I think you I'm need them. Just- just, you know, just he's not that guys who throw it, guys. I, I have a oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You, you know, know I, I, I don't follow the MLB too much, so I don't know who's throwing at who, but um, I, I don't well, like you that know, at all. Er, my father used to tell me that a great pitcher, every one of them have one thing in common a mean streak, definitely. You know, Dizzy Dean had a mean streak. Who's um, Dizzy Dean for, for those who He are... was a guy who played during my father's childhood. What team? You know, um, I think he played on the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. I, I could be you wrong. Think... <laughs> I'm not sure. Dizzy you Dean. Know, this is I don't ancient. know who he played for. But, you know, when I was a kid, Bob Gibson was the most intimidating pitcher in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And one time there's this moment that happens in the 68 World Series, and I ditched school to watch it. I was, cool. in, I was It was the, my first time in third grade and this weird thing happens where Gibson walks about halfway up to the plate and Dick McAuliffe is standing there and McAuliffe's like digging in on him and all of a sudden Gibson says something to him and uh, and everything kind of changes for a minute and for 40 years nobody knew what he said and um, and then finally Dick McAuliffe told somebody in an interview what he said and, and Bob Gibson said keep digging asshole they're gonna bury you there oh man <laughs> when he catch guys digging in on him he'd put one in their ear there is something about pitchers that they're they're a little Don, off, Don, right? Don Drysdale. You Doc know? Ellis uh, yeah. pitched a no-hitter on LSD, yeah. right? I think that's been said multiple times, but... Yeah, I think pitchers... Man. I think 
there is something that chemically they're maybe made up differently, you know? Yeah, they got to be. You know, Nolan Ryan, man. Nolan Ryan was a mean son of a bitch, you know? Beat the shit out of Robin Ventura one night. Ventura got hit by a pitch, and he made the mistake of charging the mound. Right. And uh, about halfway there, he realizes that Nolan Ryan is not running away. All he did was drop his glove and just wait for him. <laughs> and then Max, honestly, God, Robin Ventura got to the mound, and Nolan Ryan pounded the snot out of this guy. I mean, it was like, and I know what Ventura's thinking. It's like, I can't turn around. I'm already charging the mound. You know, it's like, if I bitch up and, like, walk to the bench or something, it's like, uh, all time, yeah, you gotta, all time greatest fight. You can't back down. Gotta Absolutely. Do you gotta but, do. but, man, I mean, Nolan Ryan just, like, tuned his ass I'm up, sure. You know? But pitchers, you know, the really usually the really great ones, they're mean. You know, Roger Clemens, he threw a guy. I, I mean, he practically <clears throat> sent Mike Piazza to like, you know, yeah, uh, you know, the the funny farm, um, throwing at his head. You know, remember the time he hit his batting helmet and then the ball went up like ten feet? No, I I mean I'm not an MLB little, guy. You were but a little kid. I, I mean I remember kid. Mike Piazza very yeah, well. I mean Mike um, Piazza was like, and he did Mike Piazza like five or six times. Was he? The, and wasn't Mike Piazza like a good guy? Like good guy and he, a Hall like, of Fame catcher. Yeah, man. I mean yeah, Piazza's like, a great player. You yeah. Know? I just remember he and was Roger like a Clemens beloved was dude. just a bastard. You know. Yeah. Well, you remember him, Chris? Of course. Yeah. He was just a stone bastard. Just. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, well, okay. Well, Chicago. So one thing you learned today on the Max and Tony <laughs> show is to be a great pitcher, you got to be you got to be a psychotic and mean. Right. Good fighter. And yeah. do and do some LSD, you know. Exactly. Um. <laughs> do some acid, you'll throw a no-hitter. <laughs> uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, nothing really new, but uh, Joel Shout Quinville, out to our pal Joel. You're the man. Yeah, Coach Q, we love you. Keep being the man. Um, Change the logo. Yeah, so nothing really going on in Chicago sports except the Chicago Bears, however. The number two pick in the draft, Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky. Sorry, buddy, I'll get your name right sooner than later. Uh He's playing pretty good in the preseason. Yeah, it's I heard preseason. he had a good game. I'm not watching the yeah. NFL and haven't for a couple of years. Sure, yeah, because of Michael Vick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The minute they let people who tortured dogs back in, I'm out. I'm not a football guy myself, but apparently people are saying this guy is ready to start sooner than later. I heard he had a good game. That you know, as someone who was born into uh, you know the life of really. Bad Bears quarterback. Really shitty quarterback. I'm really excited to hear about this. You know, this is potentially like the quarterback of my generation. Dad. I understand, but you know what? The NFL has kind of pissed me off for the last time because yeah, no, definitely. Colin Kaepernick. I looked up yeah. his numbers um, from the Jets last year. Not the Jets. And man, he this had. Uh, he was he no, was, no. The, 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 the who was he on? The, this. He was 49, on the Giants 49ers. for a Yeah, he was 49ers. on the 49ers. Then he wound up on the Jets. And no, he had Yeah, I think he did. Look it up. Look yeah, it up. You got a computer. Yeah. No, no, what I'm saying no. is, is is that his numbers were good enough to merit him at least a decent backup job in the yes, NFL. That's for sure. That's and, for sure. Uh, and here at the same time, this turd Jay Cutler waltzes into the Miami Dolphins and gets a $10 million deal. Didn't anybody see the giant shit that uh, Jay 
Cutler took in the middle of every bear season yeah. for eight solid years. I mean, don't these guys have films? You know, it's I, it's saddening because of the low character that the NFL will accept. You know, yeah. um, guys who are murder suspects, wife beaters, um, alcoholics, yeah, drug addicts, and they and you know they kind of talk down on things like protest and you know they're very all, known for suspending guys did. All for marijuana did, and they'll encourage them they to should take all pain smoke, pills they should and, all smoke more pot that's what I think agreed. all Colin did was kneel down and protest police brutality now remember this is on the heels of Ferguson this is on the heels of Freddie Gray in Baltimore and you know people who look just like him and he wanted to make a statement about it. He didn't scream. He didn't yell. He took a knee. And uh, it spoke volumes. And I, I, I personally, I think, you know, a man of character in the NFL, they could use a few. So I'm, I'm trying to become a soccer fan. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I actually am. I actually am. I, you I, know, when we were in I did Italy, not know you were going to slip that one. So I'm, uh, so I'm watching <laughs> soccer now. Um now, when no, I was in not. Italy, we watched some soccer, and I had who's a really fa- good Who's time. your favorite team? Uh, yeah. Arsenal. The Arsenal. Ones who, yeah, because all the, the good hips, team? All the hipsters like Man United. You know? I've um, never bumped into a hipster in Logan my, Square my and nephew, My soccer. nephew, Kenny, likes Man United. Kenny's a big hipster. Yeah. No, no, but he's, he's a big soccer fan. I mean, he's crazy for soccer, you know. For anyone who the needs Chicago context. The Chicago Fire is supposed to be good. For anyone who needs context, Kenny Brown is is like a Navy SEAL. He's not yeah. a hipster. Um, no, no, exactly. Moving on now. Uh, you're but, not a soccer fan. You know, when I watch it, I really like it. Okay. It's hard for me to find on my TV package because I don't know what the hell channel it's on. Well, you got to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, the there is that, Max. It's European. Yeah, there is that. But when we were in Italy, we could watch the soccer games at night, and man, they were great. I liked it. I mean, I kind of got into the rhythm of the game. Chris, do you watch it at all? No, not at all. No, I'm, a, <laughs> you I'm know, the loneliest man in this booth. When <laughs> I was when I was in Italy, uh, my sister. Uh, introduced me to a few uh, really great dudes uh, and took us to this beach and they were like, we want to play soccer? And me and uh, my buddy Ashkan don't play soccer. We play basketball. And we kept saying like, hey, we should play basketball. We really had this fantasy of like, like really killing these guys yeah. in, in basketball. <laughs> yeah, really. But we got to play soccer and you know what? It was a really good time. And you know what? It's a great game. Yeah. And it's easier on the body. Um, it gets you in shape for sure. And, you know, at the end of a soccer career, there isn't these issues with CTE. No, and it's a more intelligent game. Yeah, I, I like it more. It's definitely you know? less brutal. Yeah. Definitely yeah, and, brutal. and not so not so warlike. And uh, I don't like what the NFL does to its players. I that don't. that I hate. I don't know about this whole idea of like, are we ever going to see the NFL in in twenty plus years or or whatever? I don't like the way that players are treated after they come out exactly. of the exactly, exactly, and, and usually in huge need of medical attention and medical care, and uh, and and a lot of aftercare. I mean, you know, look at these guys die a lot younger than than other athletes 
Yeah, you know, Lyle them and pro wrestlers. Yeah, and you know, let, let's talk about the drugs. I mean, the steroids yeah. and um, the stuff that they would you know shoot these guys' knees up with uh, every Sunday to keep them you know mobile and uh, uh, the wear and tear on the body is just incredible. Yeah. I just I don't. I guess after all these years, I just don't like the NFL anymore, and it feels weird to me because. Every Sunday, I would have people over and we watch the Bears. Yeah, they sucked. They'd get cream, but you know we had Italian beefs or subs, and we watched the Bears. And now, you know, the good thing is I got three hours of my life back. Yeah. Well, now, also now it's... I take the dogs to doggy park. Yeah, I I really I stopped watching football games too. I was a Chiefs fan, obviously, and uh, I. I'm glad to have my Sundays back. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't have to go sit at a bar for three hours and watch. Yeah, with assholes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard to watch a struggling franchise. I I fear that with the Bulls, to be honest. I fear that they're going to be in this really weird limbo. What's what's weird is that this year, you used to go to a lot of Bulls games, and this year, you know, when I had a few bucks, I was going to get you a ticket package, and you just were not really high on the idea. I w- yeah, who you know, wants, I, who wants I, to see a team failing? Yeah, who wants to see a team rebuilding? I'll tell you what, though, I did like the playoffs this year. I did like watching Golden State win it all. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the those first two uh, Bull Celtics games when Rondo was completely dismantling their yeah, team. Yeah, he knew like all their that. plays. I like that. that guy's a genius. Yeah. I hope he does good in New Orleans. Shout out to him. Um, thank you for those two entertaining playoff games. Yeah, we can you believe now we're just grateful for a couple of entertaining playoff games? I'm grateful for a lot more, but I I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's, well, in the 90s we it was a complete 180 championships. I mean, it was like I mean, even we got back, spoiled. Even for I mean, even go back a little a little back, like just the Derrick Rose era and yeah. the Joakim Noah era, those were great days. Those were you know, good teams. Yeah. And they yeah. could have gone far except for injuries. Yeah. And what's his name? Thibodeau. You know. Loved him. Yeah. Good oh, coach. Yeah. Had Loved a shelf Thibodeau. life, though. What's, um, your pro- what's, your, what's your problem with him? My problem is that, the, you know, he puts Derrick Rose and Joaquin in these games that, the, you know, they were already ahead. They didn't even need it. And they both got re-injured. My problem with Thibodeau is he didn't trust uh, young players. He He often relied on his starting lineup. He relied on a lot of key players in the in the stretch, and he would just abuse these guys. He'd play Jimmy Butler for forty minutes a game. He yeah. played Luol Deng forty minutes, Joe Keem forty minutes. Yeah. I mean, Derek Deng was in a big minutes. hurry to get out of Chicago too. He, it's like he got he, traded. He, well, Thibodeau used the rest of his prime and just got what he needed out of him. Yeah. It, it, I. I have a hard time talking about Thibodeau because he was a great coach, but he had a shelf life in the sense that you can't play these players for 40 minutes, 82 games, and then yeah. go to the playoffs and you see them. They're them out of be, steam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Thibodeau looked like the neighborhood butcher, too. He looked like the guy who works at Jewel <laughs> yeah. cutting up steaks and shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, do you ever see a guy who looked less like a basketball coach? Yeah, he sounds like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can hear in the games. He looks like your pissed-off shop teacher in arsh, high school. Arsh, you know? arsh, arsh, because he has some defensive like scene called icing, and you can hear him on the side like, ice, ice, ice. <laughs> he sounds, he's just, he sounds yeah. like how he looks. 
So that's pretty much our sports rundown. Yeah, we'll we'll move on. Not a lot of great Chicago sports going Not on. Not right now. Totally. Although the, I hear the Chicago Fire are, are terrific. Really? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Because cool. now that I'm a soccer fan, I actually notice when they win and don't win, even though I don't go to any games. I probably should. Let's take another music break. Uh, I'm up for some Frank Catalano. Let's hear some jazz. Okay, that was Frank Catalano. Yeah. Bye Bye Blackbird. Yeah. Wonderful reimagining of uh, that phenomenal music. We love Frank Catalano. We love Jimmy Chamberlain. What's up? You got a smile uh, on your face. Yeah, yeah. I got, um, so my dad's lied twice today on the show. (laughs) Only twice? Yeah, twice. Um, Well, uh, I've called out two lies. Um, He does not like soccer. That's that's the first. Well, I'm trying to like soccer is what I'm saying. And is it? We got a phone. We got a tech. Yeah. So you do not like soccer. That's a lie. And the Max, second I'm lie. Trying to like soccer. The second lie is Colin Kaepernick played for the San Francisco 49ers. I his horn. He was on the whole career. He did not switch Maybe over to I the Jets to at any point. Maybe I wanted him to be on the Jets. Maybe I wanted him to be on the I think he did. But yeah. you know, with that said, I, I forgot to mention this, and we'll move on. Marshawn Lynch is now doing the protesting for the NFL. So Good man. look out for him. He is now on the Las Vegas Raiders. Isn't that weird to hear the Vegas Raiders? Yeah. You know, when I was a teenager, the Oakland Raiders were just... The biggest badasses in the NFL, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're still... Lyle Zato, John Matusak, Kenny Snabler, who would play football. He'd be about 80 proof when he was playing. Kenny the Snake, you know? I, I kind of loved the Raiders because, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys were a bunch of candy-ass good guys. The Raiders were fucking criminals. Rebels. You know, it's right. like, I love those guys. So now they're in Vegas? They're in Vegas now, yeah. They didn't change the logo, did they? Uh, nah, why would they change that? They yeah, got one of the no, best logos. That is a classic logo. Yeah. We'll move on, though. We'll move on. Even though I don't love, <laughs> I don't like the NFL anymore, I will wear a Raiders hat just for that logo. I love that logo. 
I'm 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 kind of a uh, I'm kind of a logo whore. I love certain logos. Like I got a lot I, of baseball hats. Nobody can really tell which team I'm a fan of, but because I have a great Houston Astros hat, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Just because it's it's kick-ass design. I mean, it's really lovely. Okay, what know? Tony? What is your all-time favorite sports logo? I know what mine is. Um, I would honestly have to say, and this is weird, the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, that's mine. I'm right there with you. I mean, that is one of the most kick-ass pieces that is of a good design. Logo. I mean, one of the most elegant uh, bits of design I've ever seen. Um, that said, uh, I kind of like the new Predators uniforms in the NHL. They're real bright yellow. I yeah. mean, you you don't see that a lot in sports, really bright yellow uh, colors. I love you know? the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, that's, that's a cool logo. That's a really underrated you know? logo right there. Yeah, and the new uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, logo is pretty cool. The one with the killer whale in it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, I like the one they're proposing for the Blackhawks instead of the one they have now. And I, I wish at some point they'd adopt it uh, because it does. My Native American friends, including my favorite poet in the world, Mark Turcott, finds the current logo offensive yeah. to his people. And you know what? I agree. It's time. You know, it's been a good, you know, 70, 80 years. The one that they have. The logo changes for, from um, the, the Native American yeah, symbol from the to Indian an, actual, an actual hawk. Yeah, and it's a, you've seen it, right? I mean, it's a I'm, really cool design. I'm looking at it, it right look, now. Yeah, it would look so great. It's a great design. It's yeah, a great design. It's a great design, and you know what? Time has come. You know, and it's sure. time for the Cleveland Indians to lose that degrading they logo. need to lose their logo for sure. Yeah, and the Washington football team needs to stop calling them Yeah. the Redskins. Yeah. It's um, like uh you know, I mean, all of this stuff sports is just way behind the curve. They yeah. really have to catch up. I would be lying if I said I didn't feel this nostalgic uh, feeling towards the Blackhawks logo. You know, I understand. I grew up and with you it, know what? but I used to wear it. I had two jerseys, and my friend Mark said, "You know, it's really hurtful to First Nation people." And I had not ever thought of it. Yeah, anything to. And once I found out that, and he's my very close friend. Once I found out that it was hurtful to him. I can live without it. Yeah, anything to make people more comfortable in this country, I'm all for. You know, and I, to, to get people to get along a little better, I'm, hold, I'm all yeah, for that. I hold that nostalgic view, but you know, I can let it go. Yeah, amen. Yeah, you know, embrace the new. We'll know? move on before people are like, "You traitors! You don't like yeah. the black." Oh Hawks. yeah, yeah. Believe me, we will. We will get yeah. some email about that. Yeah. Um, we'll move on. We're, let's move on to music, man. But we love Coach Q, man. We love Coach Q, but let's move on to music. Music, music, music. What are I, you liking? Uh, well, first, so much good stuff has dropped this year. I know. Let me, uh, I, I have a list, and I'm not going to go crazy on it. I'm just going to name some stuff, maybe maybe just some. We'll just go back and forth. you got to mention that? Vic Mensa. Why don't you play some samples, Max? I don't know if I'm allowed to. Yeah, but we, you know we gotta what? Get some clearances, guys. If yeah. you're hearing me out right now, I would love to play your music if I can. Uh, yeah, and if you'll let amazing. us, we would love to. Yeah, you know, just you, you know, if you're if you're reviewing it and we're playing bits and pieces of it, 
Yeah. I imagine we have the rights to do that. We'll look into that. We'll look yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, this is a first one, but but yeah. I love the things you were playing me from the new Vic Mensa, who you I know, think just gets nothing but better. That's a serious, serious Chicago album. Yeah. Um, it has everything. It has, you know, um, growth, uh, coming of age stories to heartbreak and and falling in love and uh, and some kind and some kind of cool soul moments a you lot know of great i mean not what i was expecting uh, absolutely a lot of just effortlessly yeah. cool um just just lines you, you know what i notice about him now that is different from a few years ago is how great a curator of sounds he's become because there are some soul music touches on this record that really I, I was really excited about. Well, you got to give all credit, uh, not all credit, but a lot of credit to um, No ID. I mean, that's Kanye yeah. West's mentor. That's He's the guy yeah. who's been kind of the main producer on that album, and it shows. I mean, I... I you know, this it's is an amazing album. I do like hip-hop and rap when they do kind of acknowledge that that to soul music. Like, I loved when Wheezy uh, did Receipt. Yeah. And it's very much um, out of the soul music kind of wall of sound, uh, you know, yeah. slow jam tradition. Yeah. I, and he I, has I a song it. with Weezer, man. Yeah, yeah. How I mean, great I, is that? I do like that, that, that um, the rap and hip-hop artists seem to be a lot more reflexive and willing to go in many different directions. Definitely. You know, um, what I'm excited about uh, that I also heard in your car, I mean, hear most of my good music in Max's car because he's right. young and I'm old, the Twin Peaks record. Well, it's not a record. They're putting out singles. Um, yeah. So so I think eventually it's all going to come down to like as if they put out an album for the year, but they're is it putting me or out do singles. They, I, I honestly think that this is maybe the best Chicago rock and roll band of the last 20 years. Man, dude, that's a bold statement. I mean, I know it is, but you know what? I hear echoes of like the reckless abandon of the Rolling Stones in Twin Peaks, and I love it. Awesome. No, I, that's cool to hear. I mean, I, I really like them. They're, they're, they're an amazing band, and, um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put that pressure on anyone of being like, they're the best rock band in Chicago, but they're certainly one of the best, man. Um, one of their singles that I particularly like that they put out is called Tossing Tears. It's, uh -huh. like I said this with Vic, it's like an effortlessly just cool song, man. Yeah. And I, um, I don't know who who's behind all that. Uh, the, the weird thing about Twin Peaks is they kind of sound like almost instantly iconic. I mean, these are the th songs you can imagine blasting out of the radio in the middle of the summer, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and they're not afraid of having good hooks. No. You know? <clears throat> no, they're really no, good. I'm a big I, fan. You know, we're going to have uh, Michael James in here for one of our yeah, podcasts. Yeah, uh, um, who, who's Katie and James's dad, and we're having a show with him in, in September, September, in September a few weeks. 1st. Yeah. Michael Gaylord James, one of the great photographers in uh, Chicago. Um, and has been charting his journey for 50 years, for yeah. a half century. Check out his website, michaelgaylordjames.com, and see the most incredible photographs um, throughout this whole country. And just It's hard just, to describe yeah. him because he's also had a life of activism. Yeah. You know, I mean, this weekend he was protesting, you know. Um, 
Michael uh, Michael James was one of the owners of the Heartland Cafe, mm-hmm. which was at the center of progressive politics in Chicago, you know, for the last 30 years. And it's still here in Rogers <clears throat> Park yeah, today. it's still there. Yeah. yeah. I know Mike because every time Andrew Davis, the great director, comes to Chicago to make a movie— he hires the 10 ugliest sons of bitches in the city. And, and, for and me people, and Mike are always there. For people know? who aren't familiar with Andrew Davis, what did he direct? The Fugitive. Boom. The greatest Chicago movie ever. Um, he also made Code of Silence, The Package, Holes. He also made a great movie Under Siege. in the 70s called Stony Island. Stony Island, my favorite movie of his. And it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is. but And look who look who was in that movie, too. Yeah. You know? A lot of hidden gem actors that became And somebody. musicians. Gene LaBarge, Daddy G. You know, yeah. one of the great saxophone players of Motown and Muscle Shoals and... Uh, a veteran jazz player, you know. Um, it's a great movie. It's, it's one yeah. of the most underrated coming-of-age movies I've seen. And, you know, Mayor Daly, the first one, the old man, did him a favor by dying when they were filming that. And the funeral is in Stony Island. Wow. <laughs> they actually shot Daly's funeral. That's amazing. Yeah. But... uh um, More music, I guess. What, uh, you know what? Let's what play. To, let's man? play some Johnny Mo. You know, uh, J- the Johnny Mo band was a very big deal here in the late eighties, early nineties, and John Molini still writes songs and performs songs. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be tapped to uh, do the album cover for this collection of songs uh, from World Spinning Round. Uh, we're going to hear a good rock and roll song. She's yeah, in good kind of trouble. Give you a great sample of that Johnny Moe. Johnny Moe, the great Johnny Moe. You know what his daytime gig is? No. 
He's in charge of all of the packing at the Art Institute of Chicago. Oh, wow, right on. I mean, he's written books on it, you know. <laughs> he's also like a scholar on the Civil War. I mean, Johnny Molini is one of the most intelligent, amazing cats I've ever met in my life. Yeah, him and my uncle could get together and <clears throat> probably talk the Civil War together. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Also, um, we were talking about, before the break, we were talking about Mike James, who has a show coming up at Adventureland. Adventureland uh, Gallery, 1513 Northwestern on September 1st. It September starts 1st. at 6 p.m., ends at 10 p.m. And we will be having uh, Forbidden Root Beer. They are our beer sponsor for not only the gallery, but for the Max and Tony show. So. Yeah. Please come and have some Forbidden Root. It's great. It's 8% alcohol. It'll get you where you need to be. Yeah. What will the beer be? Is it Snoochie Boochie again? No, I think it's probably going to be Atomic Child. Atomic Child? Yeah. Awesome. Because we drop Atomic Child August 30th. So we'll probably have uh, some brand new spanking cases of that to give up. That's my favorite design for the beer can I've done. And I'm enjoying doing that uh, immensely. But Mike James's show is an absolute must-see. Uh, I, I can't wait. The work he sent me so far looks amazing. Yeah. And I can't, you know, the best part about uh, working that gallery is you get to see all the work before. And, before anybody you know, else does, yeah. You get to see the preview, but the best part is when it all comes to the gallery and you unpackage it and you see it in real yeah. life, and then you know if it's really a good piece or not. Yeah. You know, His and it, work is the real deal. Well, we have this thing with Mike where we're going to do, we're gonna, doing five shows over five years because right. he, nobody really knew this guy even took pictures until a few years ago. And we started looking at them and realizing this man's not only a, a, a great activist, but he's a great artist. Yeah, and this is part two. And he's been everywhere. He's been to Russia. He's been to Cuba. He was part of the anti-war movement in the 1960s in Chicago, the Students for a Democratic Society in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, he's This is a life well lived, and, and there's so much history in these photographs. I learned more looking at Mike's photos and... Uh, you know, they always lead to further discussions with yeah. him. We'll probably have him on the show. We'll I have think him on he the might show. be one of the Absolutely. first guests. He's, yeah. he's a really he's a cool fascinating dude. guy, and he's a life of activism. He was one of Studs Turkle's favorite people, um, yeah. and one of Andy Davis's favorite people. He's uh, all around good guy, and the father of Katie and James from Twin Peaks. So. Yeah, and let's get more on music. Actually, Amen. you just made an album cover for. Your very, the, very yeah. close collaborator, Steve Earle. Yeah, How was absolutely. that? It's called uh, So You Want to Be an Outlaw. And in a way, it's it's like this kind of uh, return to making a country record. Now, I've always thought every record Steve made was a country record. Right. Some of them have some rock and roll. Some of them have some blues. Some of them have some jazz. Steve is one of those guys who is, he can do it all. Yeah. You know? And he, and the great thing is is that he does all of it well. He's so one of those multi talents. Absolutely, you know. That's why you and him kind of get along. I mean, you know, it's you guys like to dabble in everything. I, you know, from poetry. Uh, well, you know, we. I haven't the, seen him the draw. The thing is, is that we never really dabble. We we yeah. go at everything pretty seriously, and we agree on one thing that 
it's all part of the same body of work. I mean, some right. days when I, I, I get up every morning and I think I'm lucky I get to go make art today. Sometimes that's on a set for a television show. Sometimes that's uh, in, in a theater piece. Mostly it's going to my studio and making drawings, you know, and Steve is much the same way. He's a phenomenal actor, phenomenal playwright, phenomenal story writer. Yeah. And, you know, he and I, I think, share the experience that nobody ever told us we couldn't or weren't allowed to. Uh, yeah. You know, the worst anybody can tell you is no. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like being a, a you know a petty criminal where they can break your legs if they don't like what you do. You yeah, know? it's like, um, so no, that's so. If somebody though. says no, you know, I'm going to try everything. That reminds me of um, I've been I, for those who don't know, I've been doing a lot of acting lately, and I I recently had a couple auditions, and uh, those are humbling, aren't they? Yeah, oh man. So. I, <laughs> uh, I was talking to my buddy Greg, and uh, I was like, "Man, I don't think I did good in this audition. I won't say what it was for." No, Max, this has happened to me a hundred. But times. he goes, he goes, you know, it's just like you know, asking out a girl. She says no. You're just right where you started, and you know it. And you wait for the next one. It, it's yeah. kind of like what you're saying. It's like you know, nobody's nobody said no, and even if they do, yeah, you're just gonna keep doing your thing, man. Exactly. It's, exactly. You know, one of the great things about um, about Steve's uh, record is that uh, that's your mother yeah. <laughs> calling during the podcast. My dad is a Lil Wayne ringtone. Yeah, I love Lil Wayne. Anyway, Steve, uh, this record is just one of my favorite records he's ever made. Um, there's a goodbye to Guy Clark there, who was one of his mentors, and he had a few of them. You know, Towns Van Zandt. Uh, you know, Doc Watson, all the bluegrass guys, um, and uh, Guy Clark, you know, who was one of those great Texas songwriters, and it's called Goodbye Michelangelo, and we, we will, you know, when we're done with the show today, we'll go out with that one. Um, one of the great things about doing all Steve's album covers is he's letting us use whatever songs we want. Yeah, Steve, man, thank you. Very much. Yeah. I don't think. I we mean, would you grew be... up with him as like an uncle. Yeah, I know? was. I was about so. to get in there and say, you know, that guy showed me a really special time of bringing me backstage, bringing yeah. me on the tour bus, telling yeah. stories that I wasn't necessarily supposed to hear at certain ages, oh, yeah. giving me a dollar every time he said, you know. Oh, you know, you, we this. had a swear jar. He he would look at me, give me the dollar before he would say it too. Yeah. That was amazing. We used to have a swear jar in the house. Yeah. And Max would hide behind my chair, and then the phone would ring, and I'd have to talk to some art dealer, and I would, you know, hey, fuck you, fuck yeah. you, fuck you. <laughs> you know, and Max That's would three come bucks. Up, That's three dollars. That's three bucks yeah. right there. So um, this record, what I love about So You Want to Be an Outlaw so much is that how evocative it is of everything Steve has learned in his whole career. Yeah. Every every kind of nuance is present on this record. You know, it, it it's it's my favorite no records are like a good novel. Yeah, a complete each project. Song, yeah, precisely. Each song is kind of a different chapter. This is one of the best song uh records of his career. Yeah. And yeah. that's saying a lot. 
That's awesome. How many album covers have you done exactly for Steve? I'm not, I don't really know the count. I think it's 25 now. Wow. Yeah. And you've probably done some extra stuff for him, just posters and, and, oh, yeah. and, and, and yeah. T-shirts I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm privileged to be part of a great American songbook. You know, I mean, yeah. Steve Earle is our Woody Guthrie. You know, he's our Pete Seeger. Um, everything Bruce Springsteen kind of promised to be, Steve is. That's bold. Well, you know, and I like Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> yeah. but and I like him a lot. But I'll honestly tell you, you know, for for depth and and you know a real Americanness, I mean, I really feel like the Steve Earle songs have always spoken to me a lot more. It's not that way for everybody. I mean, some people, oh, yeah. are, you know. And I don't mean to be unfair to Bruce Springsteen. He's a great artist. No, no, but know? what's cool is, you know, it's not like you guys just like, oh, I, I, you know, let's just let's just get the album cover over with. Let's just put it oh, out no, there. Man. You guys love no, each other. No, no, You guys are like process. brothers. Yeah. This is a real collaboration, and I envy that. Yeah, you I know, really do. Yeah, I want a friend that I can have You know what's weird musician. is that he never says a word to me about what should be on the cover. He... I'm sending you six songs. I'm sending you an MP3, you know? Yeah. And then I have the same relationship with them that I have with every other record that I've made a, a cover for. Is like I listen and I listen and I listen. And then, you know, sometimes the images kind of come to me and those thoughts kind of have arms and legs of their own. And the drawing and the painting or the collage gets made. Has there any been a time where he saw a piece, he goes, that's mine? That's the album cover. Yeah, the mountain, the, the mountain, one, the one that he did with the Del McCurry band, the Bluegrass okay. record. Yeah. Right on. That's cool. Which was uh, which was one of the pieces uh, of a dogwood that I made uh, about my dad. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that and then uh, one for Jerusalem. Yeah. You know oh, that one. Um, that was the snake, right? Yeah, yeah, and then uh, for. I remember when he did uh, the record of Towns Van Zandt covers, um, we had one little discussion. I said, you know, Steve, I'm thinking like, you know, a moth, Mm -hmm. you know, because Towns, you know, was like a moth to flame. You know, you you knew that uh, that he probably was not going to live to be 80 years old. He was lived life very hard. and, Uh. And Steve said, yeah, that sounds right. You know, and that that was about the only discussion we ever had. And I think for El Corazon, I said, you know, what would be cool was the Lateria card. Yeah. I said, yeah, I like that. But other than that, we've never really had, we've had more conversation here about this right now than he and I have ever had about it. No, I know, I know. You know, so I mean, I've witnessed some of the conversation. It's very, uh, yeah, this is good. Because you guys just really just telepathy. It's kind of weird. Instinctively feel each other. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, I mean, I've never had uh, a better friend as far as getting advice about making idiotic mistakes, you know. Um, He's an expert. You're an expert. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know. So little by little, we're both kind of learning how to avoid the potholes. But but honestly, you know, for the last almost 30 years, I've been able to put – a face on one of the great American songbooks, and what a privilege that is! Wow, what an honor that is! Yeah. So, Amen. 
So I'm, I I love that record, obviously, and I I love the National. Uh, and I I don't know that the record's out yet. I know that they've got a single out, and I've been hearing the single on commercial radio a lot, and I like it a lot. I like the right National. On. I'm a fan. You know, cool. I haven't heard the National. I will give them a listen for you. Give them a shot. You yeah. know, I mean, they're 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 really kind of more of your generation than mine, but I've, okay. I've come to really like them. Cool. Yeah. Hey, I've heard of them. Just out of curiosity, are you a Kings of Leon fan at all? Um, I don't hate them. I, I, Did you I, see the documentary? No. You just won't find me jamming to Kings of Leon. Really? I mean, I don't, I don't hate them. I don't. There's a, there's this oddball yeah. documentary, and I think it's probably a few years old now, about okay. you know where they come from in the world. They're from a very rural part of the uh, South, and... Uh, Considering where they came from, I mean, it's it's amazing that you yeah. know it all happened for them. You know, it's they're, kind of a fascinating talented. documentary. There's no doubt that they're talented. Yeah, I mean, you'd be lying if you said that. No, I kind of uh, I kind of come to like them. You know, right. I like I, I do love guitar driven bands. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, you know, I've been getting really into this. Uh, this band my buddy's been putting on, uh, they're not a band, it's apparently one guy, uh, Ariel Pink, and they have some singles out there uh, called Time to Live. That's my favorite one. Uh, you played me one of these. It's, and it Another really Weekend good. is the other one. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just killer. They're just, they're taking a lot of 80s influence, and I, I'm secretly in love with 80s genre anything. You do we'll figure have, that out do, as we go yeah, along. Yeah, you yeah. do have a weird kind of appetite yeah. for classic But another, rock. another 80s aesthetic album that I'm really digging is from my buddy Kami, just like the movies. And I went up to him and I said, hey, man, you have my favorite tape of the year. I swear to God. He goes, you know, you're really getting good at acting. <laughs> like, Dude, if you knew how much I... Ba- you and, played me one of those the yeah, other day when you yeah. were driving me home. And the whole album is produced by this dude, Knox Fortune, and he's got some really killer singles out right now. One called uh, Little Thing, the other one called Torture, the other one's called Help Myself. This guy is the next kind of sh- thing. I think. Really? Well, and just it, like in terms of like... I don't know. He's got a he's got a different sound, man. It's different. Cool. Look out for him. He you was, know what? Let's get let's get some clearances and play some samples yeah, of hey, some of these. Yeah. If I, I mean, I will gladly play any yeah. of these guys. And anybody out there, you know, who's in music, you want to be heard. I mean, you know, we're yeah. all ears. It you know? does not kill us to play you for thirty to forty seconds yeah. at all. In more mainstream, I guess, albums. I, these were kind of all local Chicago guys. I really, I really dug the the new Jay Z. It's a little, it's a little old. It's you know, people are over it now. But four forty four was great. Jay Z always sets that good. tone. Yeah, I heard it was. I good. played you a couple things, and you're like, uh, you, you're in you a know, bad mood. You, so yeah, but you played them for me after you played the Vic Mensa things, which I was a lot crazier yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. And the commie thing, which I was a lot crazier for, you know? I don't know. I mean, I guess Jay-Z, when he did that big performance at the Museum of Modern Art, the Picasso baby thing. Yeah. It just, it kind of pissed me off. It kind of- There was definitely a pretentious Played to the to snobby, but, you know? But you know what? Jay-Z <clears throat> is is bringing that, he's, he's bringing that idea, um, you know, to rap, you know, that like, 
we can be, you know, into yeah. artwork. We can be, you know. Well, you know who I used to see like at the art fairs fancy. when I still went to them? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had to go to the Miami fair about five years ago because I was with a gallery that did it and I got talked into it and yeah. shouldn't have gone. But uh, uh, P. Diddy. Big, huge art fan. You know, he was yeah. walking around. Yeah, I'm, I'm not art. surprised yeah. at that. Um, I mean, I, it, sometimes my big problems with the institutional art world is that is just that it's a little conflated with celebrity and fashion. Mm-hmm. When we should be concerned about what's kind of going on in our country right now, yeah. I was at I was at, I was at the protests this weekend. Um, our our friends Fiona McEntee uh, of McEntee Law, who represents a lot of immigrants and um, works in uh, the ways of protecting immigrants. Um, after Charlottesville, uh, you know, we had a protest over at Wacker and uh, and Wabash, and it was you know. All kinds of activists, um, largely the uh, Democratic Socialist uh, movement in Chicago. And I heard all kinds of speakers. And one of them especially touched me, a, a gentleman from Ireland who Fiona had introduced. And um, he's, he had spoken out against Trump the day Trump was elected on the uh, floor of the Senate in Ireland. And he spoke to the crowd uh, about... All of the Irish names that surround Donald Trump, you know, Bannon, McConnell, Ryan. And he made it clear to the audience uh, and everyone listening that um, the Irish are an immigrant people and that nothing this man stands for is remotely Irish. And on that note, we'd like to end our first podcast. Um, A couple Irish guys who embrace immigrants and embrace democracy and want to hold out a better hope for tomorrow and going forward in our country. This is the Max and Tony show. We're done? Yeah. Michelangelo Ain't no trouble where you go Ain't no pain to burn you blind Just enough to draw a line Goodbye, my soul fairly well Gone to heaven, been to hell Maybe just New Mexico Goodbye Michelangelo So long my Captain Adios Sail upon the sea ghost Chase the white whale to the end story back again I'm bound to follow you someday You have always shown the way 
knew where we had to go Goodbye, Michelangelo Hey guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony Show. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode. Special shouts out to Forbidden Root. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 North Chicago Avenue. Also, special shout out to our producer, Chris Bat of Parkwalk Productions. Remember, check out Adventureland Gallery and the Dime Showroom on 1513 Northwestern. Friday, September 1st, we will be showing Michael Gaylord James from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., free admission, pet friendly, and free drinks. It will be a great time. If you want to reach the podcast through my dad, check out his website, TonyFitzpatrick.co. There's much more than just his podcast as well. We're doing a lot of stuff with posters and charity, and you should check it out. Go to his Instagram at TonyFitzpatrick9. Go to his Twitter handle at ThisTrain. If you want to reach the podcast through me, just go to MaxwellFitzpatrick.com or my Instagram and Twitter handle, at Max Fitzpatrick. Tune in next time for episode two. My dad is going to talk about his Rush Street project, and we're going to talk about movies and television and the current state they're in. It will be a good time. Stay tuned. The Max and Tony Show.